Hey everyone, I'm Asia. And I'm Devin, and we are your hosts, and this is the latest episode of On Their Behalf. This week, I am telling the story on behalf of Rhea Milton and Dominique Remy Fells. Please don't put that in. Oh, I am absolutely going to leave that in. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. <laughs> it reminds me of that Friends episode where, and you know me, I'm my life is Friends references. So uh, Joey, it's Rachel. She's drunk in the hotel with Ross in Vegas. And he goes, how you doing to Rachel? And she goes, I'm doing good, baby. How you doing? <laughs> He's like, Ross, don't let her her drink anymore. (laughs) So when you said that, I was going to say it that way, but (laughs) you caught me off guard. I'm really glad you didn't. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been weird, but funny. So um, I guess we missed out. Yeah, definitely. So this week I'm going to tell Devin the murders of Rhea Milton and Dominique Remy Fells. And uh, these two murders um, obviously were very recent. I mean, I don't know if they were honestly all over the news for Mm -hmm. uh, the last couple of months. And, you know, being in the midst of the whole Black Lives Matter movement, um, we've obviously seen a tremendous amount of pain and anger and sadness um, that are linked to cases like this, especially uh, like the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Um, so in the last, in you know, this in, during the summer of this year, two transgender women were murdered in two separate attacks, but both were within a 24-hour period. And, you know, I, I talk about George Floyd and Breonna Taylor not to take away from uh, Rhea and Dominique, but to just kind of point out that like every member of the black community matters Mm -hmm. and um you know the cry for justice for these two women has like just rang so clear over the last few months um and it's because there's so much pain in that community right now um not only because they're black but because they are either transgender gay lesbian like it's just that community is 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 really being attacked and targeted and the fight to protect these women and all the people of the LGBT community should be just as important as we, you know, are saying to protect the the Black Lives Matter movement and, and, and be in that same and it should never cease, it should never stop. Um, and I'm gonna talk uh, about these cases separately, but they obviously both have a lot of similar situations. Um, uh, so first, I want to talk about Rhea Milton, um, and I got a lot of this information from the Time.com article, 
Um, and there was a lot of other like kind of like um, short articles written by people who knew them that that also you know submitted stories that they because because they knew them you know so it was just like mm. um, wow. so interesting to see because I would click on a link and it would be like you know I, I forget like one of the Cincinnati.com you know uh, site mm-hmm. and I would be expecting to see like an article written by a reporter and then it would end up being like one of her friends that wow. used to photo photograph her, you know, like especially in, in um, Remy who she, uh, Dominique Remy fell. She went by Remy and Rhea went by Rhea. But um, so even with her, like it was just so interesting to see these kind of heartfelt um, stories about like, like how they met and, you know, like just like so many different, um, stories about them that made me feel like I was their friend too. Like just mm-hmm. reading these, it was just, yeah. it was so amazing. So I got a lot of this information from time.com. Rhea Milton um, is 25 years old. Um, she was working as a home health aide. She was also attending the University of Cincinnati. Um, and honestly, just like I said, reading about just stories, like she was kind of the light of everybody's life that she came mm-hmm. into. Um, and But unfortunately, that light uh, was dimmed on June 9th of this year when she was shot to death um, by three suspects who um, lured her from... Um, or lured her uh, to Liberty Township. And basically, they... the their intention was to rob her and to steal her car and any money that she had. Um, but during this robbery, um, a fight started. So they started fighting. Obviously she was trying to defend herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was shot twice. Um, they, mm-hmm. the suspect, all three suspects fled the uh, scene with her car uh, leaving her body on the street. It was a 6,000th block on Spruce Creek Drive near Liberty Park. Mm. Um, they found her car the next day um, around 5.30 a.m. And the suspects ended up being um, identified as Caleb Tucson, who was 19 years old. Ugh. And um, also a 14-year-old girl... <gasps> What? Yeah. yeah, she was 14. Um, her name is not listed, obviously, because she's a minor. Yeah. Um, but she was 14 years old. And then also 25-year-old um, Tyree Cross, who they haven't found yet. So they arrested Caleb oh, and the no. 14-year-old girl. Um, yeah, so then Tyree, what? the third uh, suspect, is still is at still large. at large. Yeah. Shit. I know it's like I have the chills right now because I it just like well, I couldn't obviously I couldn't find anything about this fourteen year old girl but I'm like no. why was she involved like what I like know. I want to know like the what? power dynamics of like a nineteen and a twenty five year old are enough yeah. to question exactly but then it's like what is this adding sort of a fourteen like Oliver mm-hmm. Twist shit going on I know I was and like the first thing that came to mind was that it sounds very similar to Matthew Shepard's case yeah yeah. Yep. 
I was like oh just God. scouring the internet because I was like, okay, somebody's got to know. Like, but there's, there's nothing gonna because be she's a minor, more stuff so to come too, for sure. Yeah. And as this as things unfold, like we'll definitely Ugh. do an update. But like, it is just heartbreaking. That's, yeah. So, um, there's not much about this what happened like because it's kind of straightforward they know it was a robbery mm-hmm. they know that you know it they know so like they know basically what went down that day based on the two uh, suspects that were arrested mm-hmm. um obviously they're still looking for um tyree cross um but you know at this point it's just you know it's murder they murdered her and finding him is just the next step in convicting yeah. them um so uh Rhea had a sister um and her name was uh or is Ariel Marianne so I'm going to refer to her as Ariel through the rest of it um and she said quote I'm still in a state of shock um actually Ariel and uh Rhea didn't um they didn't actually meet each other until uh they were in 4th grade Oh wow because they were both in foster care and they were uh, separated. So um, they were separated um, when they were in foster care. So they actually didn't know each other until they were in fourth, fourth grade. Um, Were they twins? No. If they were both in, or they just close. I think they were just close in age. Uh, I didn't see anything about them being twins. I feel like that would have been. Yeah. They would have said that. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, Marianne was adopted, and and that's how they lost touch, and pretty much um, they just found each other through the years. Um, but she said, you know, even like at what she can remember, they weren't really that close. It was just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, like even yeah. even after meeting, like finding out, like oh, this is my sister in fourth grade. Like through up until now, they really weren't that close, and they would talk periodically, but not. Like, you know, mm-hmm. as, as siblings sure. would be, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, you know, but you know, yeah. you have to think about the amount of time that went, you know, and, and the things that went on from going into foster care and then being adopted. Yeah. And then, you know, like you, you're and sometimes n- having a relationship like that, like brings up tough stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And I, I couldn't it. find yeah. anything about like what, like I, I did, did find a little bit about their birth mother, but nothing specific as to why they were put in foster mm-hmm. care. Yeah. Um, so she, um, Ariel says that the last time that she did speak to her, um, that it was just a few months before she, she was murdered. And she says that, you know, they would get on the phone and, and every time that they would speak, it would be very, you know, like she would be very interested in like, what are you doing? And, you know, like it was basically like catching up and, and the way she describes it in this article is basically like, it was like they would hang up and not talk for a couple months, but they would pick up kind of right where they left off kind of thing. Um, and, uh, Ariel was very interested in theater. So she would show, uh, Rhea, like, you know, playbills and ticket stubs from like plays that she had seen. Um, and you know, just like taught and she was very, uh, supportive and like, you know, you should go into theater or you should become an, you know, like she was very supportive mm-hmm. of her sister, even though they didn't have that really close relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, Ariel so it said, sounds like it was a good relationship, but just not close. 
Exactly. Yeah. I think yeah. that they were just like it was more friendship than it was like sisterly right. in in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but very much a, like a, a happy relationship. Like she mm-hmm. still considered her family. And honestly, everybody that uh, I mentioned in this article has talked about Rhea. Like she's my family. Like that's mm-hmm. just who she was. Um, um Ariel says that she was a joyful person and a delight to be around at all times. Um, unfortunately, Ariel still doesn't like, she's just so uncertain about what really happened. Like I, I, from what she says in, in, in the article, she says, quote, I don't know much about what happened, but I do know that there's more to this story. So I think that there's just some things that obviously the police are not going to, you know, release because it's it, mm-hmm. this case is still ongoing they're still searching for the third suspect so she yeah, but it sounds like a lot of the stuff would come out at trial too. at trial yeah like yeah. things that like why like did they're they mo- pick exactly her? pick her like what was their motivation and i think How that's did where they lure her mm-hmm, like what was it that yeah. they said to her to get her to go with them yeah. you know stuff did like they that know her mm-hmm. yeah so i think that that's the stuff that they're kind of oh keeping under wraps and yes. Ariel is like, you know, I know that there's more to the story. I just don't know how to get that information. And I think with time, yeah. she'll figure it out and we'll all really know. Um, but even with her questions, she said, quote, it has been amazing watching so many people uplift my sister to see so many people demand justice for Rhea and people I don't even know that reach out to me. It's amazing. Mm. So, um <sighs> I know. It's so tough. It's so tough. Um, So Ariel, even with the questions that she has and, uh, you know, everything kind of being unclear, like she feels that it's kind of being fueled even more with the way that her sister is being represented by police. And one of the major things Mm. is that they are calling her or not calling her by her preferred name. So Rhea is transgender and the police are initially, they identified her by the name on her driver's license, which is her birth name, mm-hmm. also her birth gender. And I hope I'm saying her, her or her, other, her birth name right. Um, but I think it's Kalik, it's spelled K-H-A-L-I-C. Kalik. Do we want to even say it? Well, I just want to, I'm just, because I go into the the, uh, dead naming. It's like a part of the thing. Okay, 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 got it. So the police, no, it's fine. The police, so they initially identify it by her driver's license name, which is Kalik Rova Shaquille Milton. And by doing this, this is uh, known as uh, dead naming which I didn't even know. Like I learned so much from researching these. I didn't even know that that there was like a term for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it basically, it means like it occurs when somebody is intentionally or not intentionally referring to a transgender person by the name they used before they transitioned. A dead name refers to the name on the birth certificate 
and how a person oh. ha- may have been known before identifying themselves as transgender. So that's why I wanted so like to say. That, so that phrase means like that name is dead. Is dead. Yeah. So that's okay, why I okay. wanted to say it because I was like, that name is dead. It's like she doesn't go by that name. That That is no mm-hmm. longer her, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Marianne, she also identifies as a transgender woman. So, or I'm sorry. Uh, her Ariel. her name is Ariel Marion. Sorry, uh, Ariel Marion. She also identifies as a transgender woman, mm. um, and it she she says it's just so upsetting to hear, you know, officers and the media just referring to her sister as a man, mm-hmm. and when that's not who she is anymore. Um, so she never says, who she was. Yeah, like never. Yeah, she never. Yeah. She always felt like you know what I mean. Like it's and it's yeah. just so interesting to I mean, hear it on behalf of these people. Of yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's what she says. She says, "quote It costs nothing to call me Ariel, to use she/her pronouns, to call my sister Rhea, to mm-hmm. say that she was my sister. It costs you nothing. You have mm-hmm. zero zero excuses as to why you cannot call people the names they want to be called by." Yep. And she's right. Like, what is it? What is it to you? Like, who? Why would you? How why do you even it? care? Yeah, it's not even. And it's like it's also crazy because they didn't. Know, I'm assuming these officers didn't know her before she transitioned so there's not even that excuse quote unquote Mm -hmm. of like i'm not used to it it's like yeah this is how you met the person it's just another form of violence and demeaning Mm -hmm. who these people are exactly after they're dead yeah and then undercutting their whole identity Mm -hmm. and marginalizing and othering and this is why this stuff happens in the first place exactly (laughs) yeah over it and it's like they looked at her driver's license and like okay so like okay who cares like Mm-hmm. What if she didn't have her driver's license on there? You would have been, you would be calling her Rhea, you yeah. know, like if you didn't know that already, you would be calling her Rhea. So what's the difference? It's just, it's so silly. Um, well, also th- the fact that she can't easily get a exactly. updated driver's it, license. Mm-hmm. The process of what that is. Yeah. Is it's nuts. Insane. The Butler County Sheriff's Office did do a press uh, conference after, um, Rhea's death and you know they basically say we responded to a dead body alert in the Liberty uh, Township Um, they uh, discovered that Rhea had been uh, shot and killed during a robbery um, after a 14 year old girl and two men lured her into um, to the Liberty Township save that 14 year old girl oh I know like there's gotta be more to that story like what was going on and like that's a separate like podcast episode in a sense you know because I feel like and I don't know who fired what I don't know if she the 14 year old girl was the one that fired the shots or if I'm assuming it was the guys who knows but like in my mind she's a victim too like for like there's gotta be yeah. she's way too young to be making a decision like that I, I, it's it's messy it's real really messy. it feels almost like an initiation or something mm, yeah oh Ugh. god i don't even want to think about that Ugh. um so the uh press conference um, during the press conference, uh, the uh, police officer Jones was asked if the 
um, Rhea being targeted was because of her identity as a transgender woman. Mm -hmm. He says, no, absolutely not that they, he, which is like, to me, it's like, how do you know that? Absolutely. You can't say that in an absolute way. Like, okay, maybe, but probably not could be your response, but absolutely not is not. For me, yeah. I, I you can't know no, that. That's just a political answer to not yeah cause exactly panic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Um. So he says no that this person that you know Rhea was lured there to be robbed and have. Um. But this is what he says. He says, "quote No, absolutely not. This person was lured there to be robbed and to have his car taken and to Ugh. have his belongings taken." End quote. Ugh. Yeah. Okay, so you answered mm-hmm. your own question right there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so by identifying Rhea as uh, by her her dead name and with male mm-hmm. pronouns, like you said, he's basically answering that question. Um, and it's just upsetting to everybody that knows her. That's like, wait a minute. Like at this point, she was out and proud as a gender a transgender woman. Like. Like her sister says, everybody knew her as Rhea. So if you, the only reason why you're doing this is to make it a point that it's a transgender woman. Like that's, it has nothing. Because if you didn't see her driver's license at all, you wouldn't even have known. So it's like, they're doing this on purpose. Like if it's not like. It's one thing if you're going to point out that she's mm -hmm. transgender. It's one thing to be like, this is an example of like a serious thing that's happening and mm-hmm. we need to push for transgender rights and equality but they're not they're, doing that no no not at so all so then mm-hmm. it's literally just like yeah to make it's so patronizing because it just feels like some big dude is like telling this woman like oh your identity isn't valid because i decided it's not yeah yeah because i, I made the decision yeah, yeah. Ugh. Ugh, i know So Sergeant Kim Peters of the uh, Butler County Sheriff's Office said uh, after the press conference that the reason that they were referring to Rhea as with male pronouns and by her dead name was because her parents referred to her as their son. What parents? Her, not her biological mom, like her adoptive parents. Rhea was adopted. Yeah. So okay. her adoptive parents referred to her as their son, which that's a whole nother pot is a whole mess. other thing, yeah. which, okay. There's, there's two sides to that coin. It could be that they don't agree with her, you know, transitioning mm-hmm. and are now being called out of the blue because their child has been murdered and they just refuse to, you know, acclimate to, to what their child's decision was or mm-hmm. in the panic of all of it, like it does take time. They were the ones that did raise her as their son. Mm-hmm. So, you know, her transitioning in the last few years, it could be difficult for them to change that, like, oh, this is my daughter now. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah. like, either way, that doesn't give you the right to, as the sheriff right. or whoever, to make that decision going forward. Like, if they're struggling with that, that's fine. But you, being a public also, figure, yeah. shouldn't be deciding that, especially in front of hundreds of people at a fucking press conference. Yeah. And it's one thing, like, I don't know how much I buy, like, the in the moment of grief, they re- mm-hmm. they revert. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have any experience with that, so I'm not yeah. saying it's not a possibility, but I'm I don't know. Um 
But if, what, however her parents feel, Rhea was an adult. Mm-hmm. Her parents didn't get to make those decisions. Yeah. She made that decision. So mm-hmm. it shouldn't matter what her parents say. Exactly. And I, I just like, don't agree with them being like, well, we did it because they did it. It's like, okay, yeah, well. No, that's a stupid you know, scapegoaty thing. You know, people murder people. Do you just do it because, oh, well, they did it. So I can yeah. do it. Like, that's not how shit works. I'm Some sorry. Some people do that. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, so, um, and they also, like, released this kind of bullshit statement of, like, uh, quote, all, although the sheriff's office is sensitive to these matters, we have reported the victim as male. During the detective division's, uh, investigation, the victim's parents referred to him as their son. So, Ohio Law Enforcement Gateway, um, an information network for the police, has the victim listed as male, as well as the coroner's report end of story is pretty much what they they said um and it's like whatever fine like not fine but whatever if your form doesn't allow for more creativity than that like change your fucking form yeah i stole that to include like so it's inclusive of all the people like and you know at this point in like the like state of our world it's like you have better things to worry about how about you find the guy that fucking did this shit why don't you find, you know, like, why is this the focus? And that's where I feel yeah. like Ar- um, Ariel is like, seriously? Yeah. You know, like, how how alienating is that? How alienating and, and isolating does that feel when you're grieving a loved one? And it's easy for you. Like, why is it not easy for everyone else? Like, it's I, it's literally just insult so... to injury. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I do want to say I, I stole that change your form line from I May Destroy You, which if you haven't watched it, you should definitely watch it. I haven't, but I will. Everybody go watch it. It's great. <laughs> it's not an ad. Not um, an ad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Rhea's birth mother, her name is Tracy Milton. She does acknowledge her child as transgender, and she did an interview at some at uh, after... Uh, with the inquirer and she says that she didn't raise a Marianne or Rhea. Um, but she still having not raised them, she still yeah. refers to her child or both of her children both as female because that's their choice. So even yeah. though she didn't become a part of their lives until they were over 18, she accepted them as like, who they are and wow. yeah so so yeah i guess so i kind like, of not like that hard it's not it's not that hard um but uh tracy her mom her birth mother and um ariel uh describe ria as just a loving person she loved to travel she loved being outside um, she said that she was really outgoing and helpful and was just like, literally would give you like the shirt off her back kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and including, uh, Ariel and Rhea, they had three sisters and two brothers, but they are not named. I couldn't find their names. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure if those are Tracy's children or if they're children from their adoptive yeah. families or yeah. I, I couldn't find it, but, um, either way they had, you know, there's like a, a a whole bunch of siblings that are like, this is not okay. Um, Tracy says, quote, she just wanted to be accepted for who she was. And it's like, 
all of us want that, even though if it's not about our gender or our, our yeah. you know, sexual orientation, we all just want to be accepted for who we are and have the choice to do that and speak that and live that freely. Mm-hmm. And it's like, from me to you to Rhea to to Ariel to even the sheriffs that are giving these press conferences they mm-hmm. everybody wants that as as a goal in their life you know mm-hmm. Eden Estes uh, who is a mutual friend uh, who's 28 uh, they de- they describe Marianne and Rhea both as uh, like little sisters and uh, they are uh, actually advocating t- uh, for multiple um, so, uh, social media and media outlets to correct, like even take out Good. like some of the, the public reports that show the wrong pronoun and the wrong name. So they're mm-hmm. like going to, to bat to, to get this changed. And mm-hmm. rightfully so, like you, just like us, we are trying to speak on their behalf, and I bet you any amount of money that they are trying to do the same thing for their loved oh, ones. Yeah. You know, like totally. they can't speak for themselves anymore. So I'm going to is I feel like if I if I could write anything for, for her to say, like if this was a script, it would be like, I'm going to show up for my loved one. Like she's mm-hmm. almost like a sister to me. I'm going to make sure that she, that she I'm going to speak on her behalf. Um, yeah. She says, quote, it's just a complete disrespect to the gender and especially the black trans women who are dying at a very high level right now. Which, oh my God. So I'm going to have a little, yeah. So according to the human rights campaign, 12 transgender or not, or gender nonconforming people have been killed in the United States as of May, 2027th. In 2019, um, the advocates tracked that at least 26 killings in the transgender community, and the majority of them were uh, black transgender women. Mm. Um, And Estes, uh, Eden Estes, and um, her uh, Rhea's sister, Ariel, uh, are trying to get um, Rhea's uh, murder and homicide to be considered a, a hate crime, which I absolutely think like yeah. yes a hundred thousand times yes um but of course there's always a but um the federal government who collects data on hate crimes against transgender women um, or people um basically ohio is saying that the hate crime is limited to quote ethnic intimidation only this is what we <laughs> talked about. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like, so, wh- like, I just don't, I don't get it. So it's like. I didn't know it was like state by state. Yeah. So it's state by But then other states, you know, the reason can be race, color, religion, national mm-hmm. origin, you know, of a specific group or people because of a certain group. Because the Matthew Shepard Act did pass. Yeah. So, I'm so like, I don't know why Ohio doesn't. I don't know. And this was recent. So it was like, oh, this is like this year, <laughs> you know, as of 2020. What? So I'm like, that's crazy. Because I know, I don't know which states specifically, but I'm almost positive California isn't that way. Because it can be about race, color, or your religion. Because a hate crime can yeah. be about your religion. Or any 
any like national group, it can be a hate crime. Wow. So I don't understand why Ohio is only limited to like a race. Huh. If that's it. Yeah. Um, so the Cleveland law firm, uh, Friedman and Nemec, I think that's how you say it, said, quote, Ohio does not currently make any references to crimes that are motivated by prejudice against a person's sexual orientation or gender identity, which is infuriating. Um, So Ariel, uh, she obviously, you know, she's going forward with this should be a hate crime. And she's like, listen, I'm going to do whatever it takes to, you know, get justice for my sister. But, it's so fresh and so new that she's like, it's hard because she's still trying to process her sister's death. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you're, you're you're trying, and I, I'm like, never realized the struggle of this because I've also never lost a loved one in, in a way like to murder or anything like that. So it's like, um, how difficult it must be to be battling the grief and, also the 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 whatever it takes like the power and the strength that it takes to fight on behalf of them to get them you know the justice that they need but also in something as so small as like don't use my sister's dead name or don't mm-hmm. treat her like she's less than human because she's transgender like that struggle and that fight has to be so great and so heavy on her and kind of fighting it alone. I mean, she's really the only one that had, you know, immediate contact with her outside of her adoptive family. So it was like, you know, I, I feel like she's the only one really out there fighting. Other than, like, obviously her, her the community is fighting. But it's just, <laughs> I just can't imagine that struggle. Um, yeah. There is a GoFundMe that Ariel set up. Um, and it's already raised $45,000. Nice. Uh, yeah. And she also plans on um, donating part of that money um, to organizations that help uh, foster children because they were both in foster care. Mm. So that's where kind of Rhea's situation uh, is is ending for for this. But if anybody does have any um, information about where Tyree Cross is, um, obviously, you know, if you have any information about the Rhea case, uh, please contact the Ohio Police Department. Um, so now I'm going to tell uh, you about Dominique Remy Fells, who uh, within 24 hours also lost her life. But I have to warn you that it's this one's a little, little difficult. So, um so Dominique Remy Fells um, uh, was found shortly before 7 p.m. Um, in the river near Bartram's Garden in Philadelphia. Um, unfortunately, it was only her upper body uh, because her legs, which had been were severed, um, were recovered separately from the river. Um, a few days later. So oh, whoever attacked her basically dismembered her. Um, Remy, she went by Remy. So I'm going to call her Remy for the rest of the, the story. So Remy, she died of multiple stab wounds. She um, had uh, 
cuts and bruises on her face. And like I said, her legs were severed as well. Mm. Remy died of multiple stab wounds and her death had been, has been ruled um, a homicide by the Philadelphia city medical examiner's office. Um, Philadelphia's office of LGBTQ affairs uh, did make a statement um, the Friday after her death. And they said, quote, the pain of such a loss is always difficult but is especially deep as we are in the midst of Pride Month, a season typically filled with joy and celebration for many in our community. Um, oh my God. I know. It's horrible. So, um, obviously, there were, you know, Pride Month it was when... Um, Remy was found. Deja Lynn Alvarez, who is a trans activist, um, she said, quote, we need to come together and keep our focus on yet another black trans woman who was murdered. And according to the uh, HRC, which is the Human Rights Campaign, transgender women of color face an overwhelming threat of violence with their average lifespan being just 35 years. Oh my God. I know. It's, ugh. I keep, I can't even stop getting the chills. It's so crazy. Um, so I just want to talk a little about, bit about who Remy was. And um, Selena Morrison, she was the executive director of the Philadelphia's Office of LGBT uh, Affairs. Uh, actually knew her well and says mm-hmm. that she was such a gentle soul. Um, you know, obviously her murder, uh, has shaken all of her friends and her family and advocates for the transgender community. Um, and you know, they're outraged. They're like, we've got to figure this out. Like who did this? You know, like what? And, oh God, I can't even imagine. crime to not. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's not just just like, and not that like shooting somebody is simple, but like to go through dismembering her body. Like it was, that was passionate. Like we've talked about it before. Like crimes of passion are usually stabbed, you know, when someone's being Mm -hmm. stabbed, you know, shooting somebody is kind of detached in a way, but like detached, you can see it coming from panic. Yeah. The defense. Yeah. For mm-hmm. um, Rhea's murderers, like, yeah. the defense of, like, it was supposed to be a robbery could be something that's upheld. I'm not saying that it should be, but I'm just no, saying, like, but, it could be. But, like, this... Yeah, this evidence, was passionate. This was... This is... So I, I, I you know, this was on a whole different level. Yeah. Um. So... Madeline Morrison, like, I'm going to be reading a lot of people's names that were just friends of hers that have, you know, um, given quotes or did interviews. So um, it's kind of hard to keep track because she had so many friends. (laughs) But um, Madeline Morrison, who is a friend, said that uh, Remy loved fashion, music and people. Um, She was just fun loving and vibrant. She was like kind of how people describe Rhea, just like the light of the room, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, 
So Remy also made outfits and wigs for people in like her free time. Um, She uh, organized a um, like a fashion show and a fashion, you know, um, thing called uh, Rock the Runway, a trans empowerment fashion show. And I was like, yes. Oh, my God. Like I want (laughs) I'm like so sad because I want I would totally go to something like that. Oh, it's so beautiful. Um, So. You know, uh, Morrison said that, quote, she always showed us like pieces of hers that were so brilliant and so creative. Um, She was originally from York um, and they said that she was just a social butterfly. Um, She was very close to her her, uh, adoptive mother. Um, She said, quote, she lived her truth so loud that you could hear it from a mile away. Um, um, another friend, um, of Remy's, uh, said that, you know, like many young trans people, uh, you know, Remy faced challenges and challenges that she would call quote demons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was just like fighting that, the way she describes it is it's like fighting against yourself because you know who you are. You're, you, you might be born, you know, male, but like knowing deep down, like that, that's not your identity and, and, and fighting that for so long that she, you know, she still struggles with that, even though she made the very courageous, you know, step of transitioning and, and finally living her truth. She still fought with it all the time. Yeah, when society and everybody is telling you that, like, you're wrong yeah. and, like, who you are doesn't actually exist, of course yeah. you're going to yeah. have that. Yeah, so um, they said uh, she was making plans to go back to school because she wanted to be a fashion designer. She was also a dancer, which I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. hell yeah, that's awesome. Um, and an, uh, an artist as well. Um, she's referred to as a vibrant per- person, making it that much harder for those who who knew her to accept that, you know, she was the latest victim of such a violent crime. Um, and, you know, everybody is so devastated and uh, it's, it's just, a, just somebody so on the cusp of doing s- such great things through the passion that she had in her life to be taken away from them. They just, you know, Her friend said, quote, we live with a constant fear of being assaulted and being murdered before our time. It seems to be a person of trans experience of color that that's like having a death sentence, end quote. Mm. Um, I know. It's hard. Well, this is incredibly difficult because it's two different stories of kind of the same nature. Just it's yeah, it's a bummer. But it's like, you know, while there are individuals and their own, you know, personal stories and Mm -hmm. everything like are so important, it is indicative of a larger problem going on. Yeah. Um, And like it's a pattern and like. I don't want to make them feel like they're not individuals mm-hmm. in this, but it is like, it's a yeah. pattern. It's so sad. Uh, Remy's friend, Steven said, quote, everyone knew Remy 
who knew Remy knew the potential that she had. She was ready to bloom and a monster took that from her. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that one got me. <laughs> yeah. um, um, reactions to her murder obviously were tremendous. Like social media went absolutely crazy because it came around the same time as, you know, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor that they kind of just got like blanketed under the whole black lives matter and that, that movement. But, um, it, it did take a little bit away from the fact that the black trans community is, is really suffering because they're, um, I don't want to say that they're being forgotten, but they are being kind of lumped into a bigger issue, but it's like the community Mm -hmm. itself is suffering even more because it is a smaller community in a sense. Um, that doesn't get attention at all from 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 like when things like this happen. It's usually very like okay, they're they're good, you know, like oh, so just another yeah. murder, you know, which just you know, it's kind of the same thing, but it's also, you know, the community suffers from that because they're they're seeking yeah. to get the help that they need, but it's just not there. Um, yeah, this is the these are the cases that I think open the door. In anyway, what mm-hmm. I was seeing for um like pivoting from black lives matter to all black Mm -hmm. lives matter which is honestly when i saw it i was a little yeah yeah uh, exactly yeah yeah you know but i i understand the phrasing Mm -hmm. now um after you know learning more about it but it's like you know black lives matter can't matter until every single black matters matters no matter Mm -hmm. like how marginalized whatever sort of other like other part of a Venn diagram somebody like fits yeah. into if you know what I mean like um just like all lives can't matter until yeah. black lives matter it's the it's the mm-hmm. thing of like a society only functions as well as how we treat our most yeah, vulnerable exactly and we are failing mm-hmm. our most vulnerable yep. uh state rep uh Malcolm Kenyatta He wrote on Facebook, um, quote, she's not just another name. Her life had value and it was stolen. She she deserves so much better. Also, Mayor Kenny, Kenny, I'm assuming um, the mayor of Philadelphia or whatever. He said I couldn't find what his first name was, but I was (laughs) like, okay. Um, He also tweeted about uh, uh, about Fells saying that. Quote, I join our LGBTQ and black communities in mourning the loss of Dominique Remy Fells. Her family wrote on their Facebook page, quote, we can assure all of you that we will not stop until her killers are found and justice is served. End quote. The one thing I gleaned from that was like killers. Mm. Because the family posting that for me was like maybe they have a little bit more information than the uh than the public public. does so but i could see how the police department or you know the investigators would think that this was a crime um committed by more than one person because dismembering a body is not easy (laughs) you know and then like dumping a body that also requires it's better if it is more than this is terrible of me but 
it's better it's better if it is more than one person because of what it takes to dismember and dump a body requires a crazy amount yeah. of trust that one of them is going to mm-hmm. be weaker and going to mm-hmm. break exactly yeah i hope i couldn't find um anything about like who their suspects were and uh, other than one so i'll get into that so i don't okay. know if they have an idea of like who a second person would be named as a suspect mm-hmm. but so mm-hmm. far that's not the case but it did like when i was like writing out the quote i was like hmm that's a speci- that's a real that's a specific choice of of words that uh made me think maybe there might be you know a little bit more that we're, yeah. we don't know of um yeah. as well as i wouldn't have caught that <laughs> well thank you <laughs> um <laughs> there is also a gofundme um for remy as well and uh it like it honestly made me smile so much because they set up this gofundme page i can't um i should have looked it up but um i don't their uh goal was achieved 10 times more than they expected isn't that insane that's great so i was like oh my gosh like that's awesome now let's get that support for people that are still alive yeah that'd be great that that mm-hmm. could let's mm-hmm. all do it let's everybody yeah. you at home let's do it <laughs> so the philadelphia office of lgbt uh made a statement uh and they said quote we are committed to ensuring that acts of discrimination bigotry and hatred are never toler- tolerated in the city of philadelphia know that we see you we grieve with you and we join you in solidarity at this time of great sadness Mal Lewis, uh, he was a videographer. Um, remember when I told you that there was a, a bunch of people that writ, wrote articles or like little things that they were posted? Yeah. So these are a couple of the, uh, one of the uh, people, Matt Lewis, he was a videographer. He had a YouTube channel that um, Remy was just on before she was murdered. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, he, uh, he interviews people in Kensington who are overcoming struggles you know, in that community, and he basically just gives them a platform to tell their story. Um, and he said, quote, something about her was just so friendly. How could somebody be so evil and wicked to do that to a person? More of, like, community reactions were, you know, of, um, like, even police commissioner uh, Danielle Outlaw, she released a statement saying, sorry, sorry. Can we address that this police commissioner's last name is Outlaw? <laughs> I thought you were going to, like, correct me on something that I said wrong, and I was like, oh, well, what did I say? No. Sorry, just real quick interruption. What? I mean, what are the chances? <laughs> but she does say something super okay. sweet, so maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to flag that. Um, So Danielle Outlaw, she (laughs) released a statement. um, And it's basically calling to action to, you know, the everybody in the community to be against, you know, hate and violence of the LGBTQ community. And uh, part of her statement says she's, uh, we are deeply disturbed by the facts of this case and extend our deepest sympathy to 
Miss Fell's family, friends, and the entire LGBTQ community. Um, she assures that um, the homicide detectives have been working tirelessly in identifying the person who is responsible for this horrific crime. Um, and because, you know, Remy was so well liked and everybody knew her, um, people were coming forward, like I said, to tell their stories and, you know, basically call to action people to help catch her killer um, from uh, emails that they shared with her to texts from like conversations to like trips that they took. Like everybody was just mm. basically out, an outpour of how amazing she was. And it, it just, it literally hurts my heart that people like, you know, Rhea and Remy can be such beautiful light lights and, and, um, people in our in our lives and in our world and they are being taken away but then there's people in this world who don't give anything but darkness and sadness to you know like it just it hurts yeah. that like these are the people that are being you know targeted and killed in comparison to the people that are like legit assholes who don't deserve you know they don't deserve anything but still they are able to walk this earth and and be who they are with no problem be rewarded and yeah and then they're rewarded for for being terrible people but someone like remy who has more people than i even know saying you know <laughs> saying all these beautiful things about her it's like it's it's so sad but also i'm i'm so happy that I was able to like research the story and get to know them a little bit. And, and, you know, I feel like I keep plugging the name of our podcast now, but speak on their behalf. Um, but you know, um, and, uh, one of the things that, uh, somebody, I couldn't find who said this, but they said, quote, trans women tend to carry their secrets and hold their secrets. So it's, it's just so hard to, you know, f know what she was thinking or feeling during this time. Yeah. Um, because, yeah. you know, you're battling like, and like, you know, her friend Steven said that it, you know, the, the holding of the, the demons that she had and that struggle, you know, there, uh, is a suspect, like I said before. Mm -hmm. Um, and this just happened, um, at the end of July. So, um, they, okay. uh, have, uh, identified a man, um, a 36 year old, um, Powelton. I think that's just a city in, you know, in the area. Um, yeah. And he, uh, they're, they're seeking, um, to find out, find where he is cause they can't find him, but they think he was in connection to, uh, Remy's murder. Um, and, um, his name is, oh God, I'm going to mess this up, but Akhenaten Jones. It's spelled A-K-H-E-N-A-T-O-N. Akhenaten. Okay. Akhenaten Jones of the 3900 block of Powhatan Ave. Um, when they, they did get a search warrant, um, he was not at the residence. Um, and, uh, they, 
the reason that they've now put an uh, arrest warrant is because they found power cutting tools in his apartment that had blood on them. I couldn't find if they've tested that blood to see if it was Remy's, but I'm assuming if this Mm -hmm. is what they're the article that they put out that it has some like that's the you don't put an arrest warrant you know like i feel like they wouldn't do an arrest warrant for his arrest unless they had some sort of evidence to tie him to her murder yeah i do want to say people have been known to plant true so yeah yeah hopefully they Mm -hmm. have other yeah i'm sure they i'm I'm hoping that they have more evidence to really link him um but you know who knows um, and they do know that he was an acquaintance of Remy's, um, but they didn't say of in what capacity, like, were they involved mm-hmm. romantically? Maybe, um, he, there, we, I'll post, uh, his picture up to our Instagram because hopefully if it gets shared enough that we can find this motherfucker, but, yeah. um, he, uh, he is a black man. And when I saw like the little article that they wrote about like, Oh, we have a suspect in the Remy Fells murder. Um, I thought, okay, we, we know, we know that her being a transgender woman and for the most part, from what I know, she was, like from 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 what I can tell, I feel like she she was still interested in men, or is interested in men. So uh, my thought was when I first saw his picture, like, what if they were involved romantically, and then he found yeah. out that she was trans, and like that that to me makes sense of the whole crime of passion thing, of wanting to hurt her in like the way Mm -hmm. quote unquote he was hurt kind of thing yeah for me the thing like the dismembering Mm -hmm. thing is like that goes beyond you have to kind of plan but he didn't really plan well if he still had the fucking power tools in his house well well maybe he did because he's gone yeah Yeah. (laughs) true yeah (laughs) um but that was just my my we're recording this in october and he hasn't yeah yeah and that was like my first thought like i was giving my initial thought to like when i saw him like okay of course that could be i mean you know i i like that and it's also like we've heard many stories what is that thing we we talked about it in a past episode where it's transgender yeah yeah so it's just like that whole idea not that it's i believe that it's true at all but i think that like mm-hmm. just what the, what was what happened to her is not a random act this was definitely done by somebody who knew her and it was sparked by some something uh, more than we would know but um, like the passion involved yes. to like stab somebody to death and then dismember their body right. feels like something a man would do if they're, um, yeah, whatever is threatened. If their sense of manhood reality and, is yeah, threatened. Yeah. 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 Which is very so cowardice if, in if my opinion, but hear, you know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But if you guys didn't hear the Matthew Shepard um, episode that mm-hmm. we did, we talked about the gay panic defense, which is 
also been extended to the trans panic Mm -hmm. defense, which is a legal strategy in which a defendant claims that they acted in a state of violent temporary insanity, committing assault or murder because of unwanted same-sex sexual advantage or the discovery Mm -hmm. of a transgender sexual partner. So So that's exactly mm -hmm. what you're saying, which is obviously bullshit, but is a thing that people try to say in court. It's ridiculous. Um, So the police have issued an arrest warrant for him um, on the charges of murder and also uh, possession of an instrument of crime, tampering with evidence, and the abuse of a corpse. So that to me is like, they've got more than they're telling because to charge him for all of those things, like tampering with evidence, what... Like, they didn't say... Well, it's, like, moving yeah, the body, Yeah, it could be moving right? the body. Like, but, like, abuse of the course, obviously. But still, yeah. yeah. The fact that they have, like, charges and mm-hmm. name of suspect... They have like, more information yeah, than, feel, than they're giving yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just not showing yeah. cards. So. Um, so, if you do have any information about um, Remy Fell's murder, or uh, if you've seen a, Ken- a Kennington Jones, if that's how you say his name... Um, please contact the Philadelphia police tip line. It's two one five six eight six tips. Um, I want to kind of end with uh, one of the stories from uh, an article that I read, um, and it was done by um, a, a visual artist who uh, actually photographed mm-hmm. uh, Remy at, at some point, and they were friends. Um, and, uh, it's a, it's a beautiful art. It's beautifully written. Like this guy, I was like, oh my gosh, if I could just read this article for my episode without like getting in trouble for plagiarism, (laughs) I would absolutely do it (laughs) because it was just so beautifully written. And it, I mean, it didn't really touch on like what happened to her, but more about his experience with, um, the transgender community and also, you know, being, um, being friends with her and, and just knowing, what being gay and trans in this world feels like and what it means. It was just really beautiful, beautifully written. So please um, go uh, read it if you can. It's, um, I will link it in the sources so that you can go read it if you want. Um, but he, he basically, um, he also, he grew up in York County. So it's the York um county.com um, is is where this article is written um, and he knew her as sometimes brash and sometimes a shy teenager um, he said at 17 her self-possession was already remarkable um, he said that they he photographed her a lot um, and sometimes he would he, you know he would sh- set up his shot and look at her through like the camera lens and you know she would just she he said that she had like an in, um she would just be like engaged in like um like a careful in a careful way like it wasn't mm-hmm. i don't know it wasn't like fashion like you know like that whole thing it was just something she had a way about her that was so beautiful and he was like talking about how like he's so lucky to have captured that and he looks at pictures of her all the time and it's just like i was literally like tearing up the whole time this is a beautiful article please go read it um he said that she bristled with energy and creativity 
um, he goes on to say that he is a, you know, he's gay and he didn't come out as gay until he was 27 years old. Um, and then you just, like I said, that struggle that he had with, you know, being like trying to be who you are, but also like covering it up for everybody else to make everybody else comfortable kind of. And it's like, mm-hmm. like he, he, he is proud of her in a way of like being able to live your truth and be who you are. You know, um, mm-hmm. he, he does point out that 91% of the transgender individuals that are reported, uh, to be killed, um, are 81% black women and, um, all like pretty much all of them are under the age of 30, which is so tragic. Um, and you know, she, Dominique was 27 when she died and he was 27 when he came out as gay. So he's like, you know, uh, he says, quote, I, was a clo- I was closeted during my teen and adult years, each day negotiating with myself whether the pain of not acknowledging my desire was greater than the fear of what I could lose. Family, friends, work. If I expressed that desire publicly, I learned to perform straight. It's exhausting to manage a false identity. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, can't even in a million years understand a fraction of what that feels like. And like I said, like while I was researching this, I was coming across so many cases of pretty much the same story of like hiding who they are and finally coming out and finally, you know, starting to live their truth and, and, and showing the world who they were born to be and then mm-hmm. basically their lives are taken. It's so dis- disheartening. And not only because of the violence that they um, endure during like trying to, to, to live their truth, but then like ending up dead is, it's it's so hard to even think of like what, what yeah. not only they were going through, but the, what their families are going through. Um, and it's sad because I was going through all of these and it felt like I was like going crazy because I would like click on a link and read a story about somebody. And then there would be another story that was linked to that kind of like Remy and Rhea. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and then what would happen is like, I'd be like, why have I never heard of this? And it's because, you know, there, these stories are not being, these stories are not being covered. And in, in many cases, the reports speak about them, like they're less than human uh, and kind of forgettable. And it's Mm -hmm. just, it just breaks my heart and honestly made me believe even more of what we do, even with our platform, however small or big it will get. Like we're, we're just trying in the smallest of ways, like even by just retelling the story and, and telling people like, Hey, if you know any information, please reach out. Mm -hmm. Like even in that small way, I feel like we are doing everything that a lot of people, a lot of people who actually have the power to make changes don't take, you know, we're taking a step and, and a lot of podcasts that I, I love and, you know, that are doing the same thing. And being who you are shouldn't be filled with fear and it definitely shouldn't be a death sentence. 
Um, and I want to close with a little quote from the York Daily Record uh, by Jonathan Van Dyke, who is the friend I was just talking about of uh, Remy's. And Jonathan says, quote, let Dominique's courage give you the power to be yourself. Let Dominique's loss give you the outrage to act. This week's episode was written and edited by me, Asia Hamilton, with music by Holly Amber Church and social media by Kelsey Gruenberg. For pictures and sources, please follow us on Instagram at OnTheirBehalf underscore pod and on Twitter at OnTheirBehalf underscore. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. On their behalf, thank you for listening.